0: It's the Dork Podcast. It's the Dork Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dork Podcast. It's the Hashtag Dork
1: Podcast.
2: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. I am once again your host, Rich Keith. Joining me once again is Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you?
1: I feel fantastic today.
2: Oh, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Um, I'll tell you what. We've got a big uh, episode here today. Quentin Tarantino movies. We were... We're trying to figure out what we should do for the week, and this is something that we kicked around. It came up on one of the episodes a couple of weeks back about how all the Quentin Tarantino movies are tied together. So we're going to go through in great detail how they are all tied together, plus we're going to rank our favorites from one to nine, or maybe we'll even include some of the ones that he wrote as well. So we have that coming up. Are you excited for that?
1: I'm so excited because this is something that um, when talking to people about, you know, I'm the kick it around. once we get an idea, I kind of kick it around to my – Inner circle, and people are like, we're like, actually, well, you know what? I'm not really interested in like the normal stuff you guys do, but that I would listen to, which means we're on to
2: something. <laughs> exactly. We can bring it. We can bring in more people because everybody has an opinion on Quentin Tarantino and either love or hate some of his movies. I think a lot of people. There's at least one or two in there that are like, yeah, that's one of the great movies I've ever seen. So yeah, we'll get into all of that. But first, let's kick off uh, the podcast as we normally do with this week in hashtag Dork. First things first, Ryan. I saw Beauty and the Beast last night. Oh, how was it? Well, I'll tell you. I got roped into it with with the wife. She said, "I really want to see Beauty and the Beast, and you're going to go with me." I'm like, "Uh, you sure you don't have any? You know, you can't go with any of the, any of your friends?" And she's like, "Nope. I'm gonna. I want. We're gonna go see it." And I'm like, I, "I'm like, I don't know if I can." And then she says, "What's the last movie that I've wanted to see that you went with me?"
1: And that's where they get you.
2: That, they absolutely get you because then I'm saying, uh, notorious, like, <laughs> like I found like a movie from like five years ago. am like, yeah. uh, or so I'm like, all right, fair enough. So we you went
1: discuss. You should have discussed with her the merits of seeing a movie by yourself that you really want to see because you and I are big fans of that, and I know that's very unpopular for some people. But to say like, hey, you ever think of seeing a movie by yourself? It's really fun.
2: It's great. You can really get in there. You don't have to worry about what's going on. So anyway, I went. She loved it. I thought it was crap. I liked uh, not much of it. And I was out of nips. I couldn't even bring any nips in, which I've been I've been doing normally. But there's a there's a bar there, so I got a I got a drink to go in. So that was fine.
1: You get your drink on and your snack on. I got my drink
2: and my snack on, and uh, it was it was whatever. It made a That's, ton of money.
1: That, by the way, that was a reference to a very viral, uh, very one of the very first viral YouTube clips I think I've ever seen.
2: My drink on and my snack on. Know
1: the Delta, the Delta Airlines get your drink on and your snack on.
2: Oh my God! Remember that? That was a blast from the past. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was tremendous. That was better. <laughs> that was better than Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but anyway, may, some of you maybe have already seen it or are going to be dragged to see it. It's like two hours. It's a it's a pretty long slog. There's uh no good. There's like a Wonder Woman preview and like a bunch of crap just because it's rated PG. So there's not a lot of sure. good stuff. But anyway, then you want to see. Anyway, what I have been watching, and we're going to do a standalone episode in a couple of weeks on it, but what are your early impressions, and how far are you into Iron Fist?
1: I just finished the sixth episode. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, I did a live tweet of the first episode.
2: I saw that, and you were very snarky.
1: I was. You know what? I was sitting in a hotel room by myself in Cartersville, no, Kennesaw, Georgia. Ooh. And I was—I uh, had nothing to do, so I was just kind of sitting there. And I'm like, you know what? This might be a good idea. And there's not going to be any spoilers because I'm going into it blind. Right. You know, and it's the first episode, so you know what I mean. Like, follow along with me. Yeah,
2: play uh, play. Along.
1: Actually, live tweeting stuff is actually pretty fun.
2: I like live tweeting.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Uh, so I might do it again. Um, yeah, I, there it was heavy on the snark.
2: Yeah, you, you seem very critical of it. And I know we talked about how it was getting like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we're like, oh, this is the first huge miss for Marvel and Netflix.
1: Th- and it's, it's, it's a miss. It's a definite miss. I mean, I, I have some notes on it uh, here. You know, it's it definitely has its flaws. It's definitely the worst of the Netflix series. But yeah. it's not terrible.
2: No, it's not. Like, I I think I'm probably where you are. I forget exactly where I left off. It's either five or six. There's 13 episodes. So I'm roughly halfway through and it's definitely the worst out of the four, but the bar was set really high with those other ones.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, I think the other three are great. I yeah. think they're, um, you if I ranked, you know, my top ten or fifteen shows of 2016, like they're all in it.
2: Yeah, they're 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 really good. This is more like the first season of Arrow was better than this, but yeah. then subsequent seasons of Arrow are probably more in line with this, which I still watch. It's not great, but it's it's okay. Like. First of all, Iron Fist, the character I never really loved.
1: No, and I think I think this is what, and I, I wrote this down. I mean, this is one of those, like, careful what you wish for, because yeah. the Defenders are like the JV Avengers. Right. So it would make sense, logically, to have the Avengers on the big screen and the Defenders on the small screen. However, what you run into is, the, you know, sometimes, you know, when you see hideous things on a clothing rack at, at JCPenney. You know, there's a reason why some things are on sale. There's a reason <laughs> yeah, yeah, why yeah. this person is in the Defenders and not the Avengers is because they're not very interesting characters. I always found that Danny Rand is the least interesting character of the Defenders.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got like sort of a rip off like Bruce Wayne, Oliver Queen type thing going. Like, yeah. like how many ki- like heirs of like billionaire franchises or, in you know, enterprises and all this other stuff can you have? And that's what you get again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, like you don't, because yeah. we're going to do a we'll whole on episode. Yeah, we'll yeah, do this, more. But,
2: but um, over, um, overall, it's not the worst, but it's certainly not great.
1: Like, I think it's like 18 on Rotten Tomatoes right now, but like, a lot of those reviews are like, it's not terrible. It's just not good. Yeah, because they,
2: they have to pick, like, basically yes or no. And so a lot of right. people are saying no. Yeah, I would. Prefer, I don't know. I got I to finish it anyway before we really You're, know for yeah, sure. Yeah, and
1: I think the people who are listening to us are, are going to watch it and are going to finish it, and they're going to be like, Nah, eh, yeah. it was great, it was, but you know, it was it wasn't not worth my time.
2: Uh, other TV news, there was a, uh, a re- an article written, I didn't read the whole thing, but it says there could be seven more seasons of The Walking Dead.
1: Which I don't know. I mean, here's what I wanted them to do, and I think they're starting to do it, and I, this is completely spoiler-free because I, uh,
2: I haven't watch it. watched
1: it in like two seasons, but uh, from what I'm gathering is that they're starting to kill off major characters.
2: Yes, yes, here and there.
1: Well, well, what I what I think is, and I think the beauty of this show is, and, and when I was watching like the third episode, and you know people started dying, I mean third third season, not the third episode. Yep. Um One of the things I said was like, this is going to be great because you can just kill introduce people and kill people off. Like, it's, and I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what the graphic novels do.
2: Well, yes and no. I mean, like
1: people are kind of phased in and out.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're still. With you know people who haven't read all the comics yet, there are still some sort of core characters that are very much the center. Like I would say, the top supporting characters can change, but the main characters really haven't.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that that's the beauty of a show like this where it's people die. I mean, look at look yeah. at Game of Thrones. It does it success-
2: successfully. Yeah, exactly. So like you can yeah. kill
1: off major characters yeah. and still move the plot along. I mean, I think if they're going to do seven more seasons of this.
2: No, my first reaction to that was, and I'm sorry if you have kids in the in the car, you're listening to this, you tell them to earmuff it, fuck off. Seven <laughs> more years. Like, I, I just want to know what happens. Like, at this point, I don't even think this show's that good. Like, they sort of, like, every third episode is good kind of thing now. And yeah. so I'm like, I, I just, I want to know. Are we ever going to find out what the cause of it, of the outbreak was? Are we ever going to get a cure or is just everybody going to turn to a zombie? Like you Now st-
1: tell me, are they even, are, do they even care at this point? Do the people who are involved in this new world, do they even give a shit like how it started? Or are they just like, it's just, fine, this yeah. is what it is?
2: It's like survive in advance. Yeah. That's basically all they're doing. Right. So that's that. Uh, other TV news, uh, Bates Motel this week. I haven't watched it yet. I know nobody's watching it, but I'm only pointing it out ryan because rihanna is playing Marion crane and she's in this week's episode and she's going to be in next week's episode which i think is pretty cool
1: yeah and i think i think it's great too i, I might actually watch these these two episodes yeah i've, n- I've never seen the show but I obviously i've seen psycho and i saw the vince vaughn psycho
2: yeah <laughs> which is a shot for shot remake
1: and still is terrible
2: why would you do a shot for shot remake of something i don't know like we could just but, watch the old one you know yeah exactly but oh, uh, I, by the way, I need to point this out. My sister-in-law Nicole, who mm-hmm. uh, listens to the podcast and has been on the podcast a handful of times, when we've discussed things like making a murderer, and you know, she's a lawyer, so we've had her on for people v. O. J. and stuff like that. Yep. This is going back a few weeks ago. I forgot to mention it to you. She was very upset with you when you said that I think Beyonce was overrated.
1: I didn't now. Now I did not say that Beyonce was overrated.
2: You just were sick of her.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're I'm kind of not over it, but I'm just kind of like there's an I think I'm tired of everyone kissing Beyonce's ass. OK, you know what I mean? Like sure. I I rec- game recognize game. Sure, it does. Like she can sing. She's an entertainer. She can sing. She can dance. She's great. She's yes. one of the top like five performers in the world. What I don't like is, so let me go on record and say, Nicole, I like Beyonce.
2: Wow. You, you hear it. You heard it there.
1: You heard it there. I actually like Beyonce's music. What I don't like is everyone kissing her ass. Even people in the industry, yeah. she's become like above. She's like above the law, so the she music law.
2: Yeah, she is. Like
1: she can do nothing wrong.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know what I mean? Even when she misses, even when she does something that like, like, uh, like drunken love. Like I've, I think Beyonce doesn't need to like lower herself to surfboard. Yeah, I hear but you. But she did. And, you know, she didn't need to do that. So I was like, there, eh. And the people were like, no, you can't say that. Beyonce's blah, blah, blah. And this is exactly my point. You can't say anything negative against Beyonce because then Nicole comes at me,
2: <laughs> claws out. Oh my God! Even she when was, I
1: didn't say she was overrated. What I said was I'm tired of everyone kissing her ass.
2: She was pissed, and then she was taking it up with me, and I'm like, I, I didn't say these things. So I'm like, I'm not a huge fan either. And then that kind of then that turned into a whole thing.
1: See, I, I see now. I appreciate you because you know what? You always you always defend a friend. You, always, you, know you know have what I mean? to, yeah. Like you had my back in that, and I appreciate it. I did.
2: I absolutely did. And then, so yeah.
1: Nicole, I like Beyonce. I like some of her music is awesome. Yeah, um, I'm just tired of like people kissing her ass.
2: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You know, so yeah. I'll, I'll get a text message or an email here soon uh, <laughs> and see see if she accepts your apology. Um, right. Now, there's a new Overwatch character. I didn't know if that was going to be in the video game minute or if we wanted to get to that now.
1: We can get to it now. I mean, I have other stuff. I have plenty of stuff in the, the the video game minute.
2: So how how do we even say her name? I haven't played with her Arisa. yet. Arisa. Arisa.
1: Yeah. Arisa. 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 Um, Arisa. Mm-hmm. I I haven't even, I haven't had a chance to. I mean, I played. First of all, she's not available in competitive right now.
2: Right. Stinks.
1: So it stinks. Um, <laughs> and even in quick play, like I I have played, I think I got back last night. So I played like four or five games today and people are like picking her up like that. So it's going to, as I tweeted out to Wessie B of the Boxers podcast, it's going to take me, you know, three weeks to even play this character. Once everyone realizes they're a shitty tank and <laughs> shouldn't play tank.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: You know what I mean? Like, all right, we get it. Like, you're excited about this new character. Like, yeah. move on. Like, go back to your main.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: stop! Like, go jump around with Genji. Like, stay out of the tank realm. I'm, I'm actually becoming a pretty serviceable tank. So, oh, good. It's kind of, yeah.
2: I hadn't played in a long time, and then I picked it up just when the new season came out. Like, so like, yeah. the, like the re-rankings. Oh my god, I was terrible.
1: Yeah, no, like it, I kind of lost
2: it. Like everybody else is getting better, and I just had like completely lost my my momentum. So I need yeah. to I need to get back at it.
1: Yeah, start with someone simple, you know. Start with a soldier, or start with you know a Reaper. Who you're, you know, you're pretty good. I can, re-
2: with. I can reap, I can reap a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So,
1: you know, go back to Junkrat. Go back to you know square one where you started. Just, you
2: know? just spraying bombs,
1: spray and pray. Yeah.
2: That might be what I do. Uh, a reminder to keep voting on the uh, hashtag Dork Madness as we are down to the Sweet Sixteen.
1: Start to get some upsets too.
2: We are getting upsets. The best Marvel DC characters. You can vote on the on Twitter at Dork Podcast. It looks like right now and maybe we'll have the results by the time this is posted, but uh, Deadpool, last I checked, was taking it to Iron Man. Yeah. People are all and, uh, about Deadpool. Someone was
1: beating Spider-Man. Uh, uh, Wolverine was beating Spider-Man. Wolverine. Yeah. Yep.
2: And then I'm looking forward to uh, Wonder Woman versus Superman on the other side. Well, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. We'll have the results. And you the- know what?
1: I was scouring the internet today, Richard. Do you know what I found? What'd you find? You're going to be upset. Uh-oh. Um Gamma Squad is doing a... Uh, a bracket on the best sports games ever. Sports video games ever.
2: Son of a bitch.
1: And they had brackets like they had the baseball bracket versus the basketball. Oh, the that's ball, good. Hockey. It, or like it was miscellaneous because like Mike Tyson's punch out, like all those games were mixed in there.
2: Oh, yeah. You could throw another one. Yeah. We, we got to come up with something a little bit better for next year. This was yeah, kind of thrown like together. Some
1: heavy hitters. Like you had like NFL Blitz versus Madden 2005.
2: Yeah, that's really you tough. You had like
1: uh, NBA Street versus like 2K5
2: unbelievable matchups yeah that's a good one
1: so yeah that was a really good one
2: all right let's get to the video game minute.
1: oh video game minute all right Uh, i'm going to introduce a new segment here this is a complete wild card i didn't tell you i was going to do this oh my god Um, it's a subsection of the video game minute so let me first start by saying that next week we have two kind of major sports games coming out next week one of them um is mlb the show which is just for playstation the only baseball game you can get that's worth a damn right um and what come with that in the video game in it, I can explain to you that this had one of the most hilarious glitches that they fixed uh, if you look online, you look up m l b seventeen the show uh they're really in the customization now, but there's a glitch if you have a certain combination of facial structures uh, <laughs> your your face can be like all hair <laughs> or or you can look like yeah, or you can look like you're made out of like popsicle sticks funny. they're they're horrible looking and they're horrifying, but it's really funny so Ah, uh, they've since fixed it, but you can look on YouTube and find it and and see what I'm talking about. Nice. Um, similarly, next Tuesday, uh, as the aforementioned old time hockey comes out.
2: Oh yes, so I will
1: be I will be playing that for sure. Nice. Um, uh, next week also we have two remasters coming out, which people are very excited about: Kingdom Hearts and get this, Richard, ready? Yes. Parappa the Rappa. Come on. Remastered. Yep. <laughs> Parappa
2: the Rappa's back. Yep. Wow.
1: And uh my my indie games of the week there's two games that one came out uh Tuesday and one came out it's coming uh, uh they both came out Tuesday. So uh, a game called Sticks uh Shards of Darkness.
2: Is it spelled like the band?
1: It's spelled like the band. Um it's an actually a sequel. Uh Sticks is a little goblin. It's a it's a um
2: hmm.
1: yeah, it's a uh infiltration stealth game where you play a little goblin. Okay. And it's play actually a really good. I played, the, I played the first one. It's an indie game. It's it's really good.
2: The Kirby's.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ish. Um, and the other one is called Kona, which is a kind of um, suspense thriller uh, kind of thing where you play a private detective in the '70s and you're uh, investigating this, which seems like a simple vandalism case, and turns out uh, it's in can- set in Canada, so uh, things
2: nice. things happen. Nice.
1: You know. So, so that's that's the video game minute. So I will tell you now that the new segment now uh, in video game minute is called uh, Balls Deep. Whoa! Arvon uh, uh, D goes balls deep, and I'm telling you what I'm playing this week and what is what is actually taking up my time.
2: It's so like what your balls deep in.
1: What I'm balls deep in right
2: now. Okay. Um,
1: and that that would be two games. So this week it's Horizon Zero graphic. Dawn. Yeah, yeah, it's gra- a little graphic, a little bit. Uh, but it's 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 lingo. It's video game lingo. No, it is what we say. Sure. Um, so, what Horizon Zero Dawn, which I, I just started playing again um, since I've been gone for a week, um, it's really good. It's a really good kind of RPG, third-person kind of thing, uh, taking down robot dinosaurs, which
0: <laughs> classic sets up
1: your alley. Classic, I, yeah. Um, and the other one, obviously, I just I just mentioned it is Sticks: Shards of Darkness, which okay. um, is, is is really good. I mean, if you a stealth way, you can take out guards as you can, you know, vomit into their water supply and poison them. so any any game you can do that i mean it's just kind of a fun stealth kind of game so if you're into those kind of things that's what i'm going balls deep in this week so good uh next week i'll let you probably know something else
2: i can't wait to find out what your balls deep in next week exactly all right should we get on to the topic du jour
1: let's do it what's that
2: that's the topic of the day i'll have that good it's quentin tarantino movies the tarantino verse now this came up uh, a couple weeks ago and we said you know what let's we should do a whole episode on this so quentin tarantino Of course, is a great writer and director, Academy Award nominated and winning. Um, And basically, these are the movies, the main movies. I'm not counting sort of like he directed part of you know Four Rooms. He directed a scene in Sin City. He directed like I know there's other things that he technically directed, but these are his main films that he directed. Started with and also
1: movies he like produced too that don't count. Yeah, he right. didn't write or direct, he produced them.
2: Right, there's you know? there's those two. So these are the yeah. main ones. You got Reservoir right. Dogs in 1992, followed that up two years later with Pulp Fiction, then three years later, Jackie Brown, which is the only one he didn't write. Like, he wrote it for right. the screen, but it was a book. So mm-hmm. uh, then Kill Bill, Volume 1, and then Volume 2 in 2003 and four. Death Proof, which was part of Grindhouse uh, that he did with Robert Rodriguez, that was in 2007, Inglorious Bastards in 2009. Django Unchained, 2012, and The Hateful Eight in 2015. Three others that I would include were ones that he wrote. He wrote True Romance, uh, which was made in 1993, Natural Born Killers, 1994, and a movie that he starred in, or co-starred in, From Dusk Till Dawn. He wrote, Robert Rodriguez directed it, and he was one of the Gecko Brothers with George Clooney. That was 1996. Yep. So those are the main ones. Again, you might find you're like, "Oh, he kind of he was a part of this." No, these are the main ones. Um what's weird to me, and let me ask you this first, when The Hateful 8 like at the beginning of The Hateful 8, it says the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I count 9. <laughs> what's up? I count
1: 9. Um and all maybe he's counting, you know, Death Proof and uh what was the the Grindhouse movies. It was Death Proof and it was what was the name of the other
2: movie? Planet Terror.
1: Planet Terror. I mean, maybe he's not counting that as like his movie.
2: I was thinking, yeah. Hang
1: hang on, I think I got an answer to this.
2: Yeah, I think you might be wrong. What? Because
1: Kill Kill Bill was shot at once, and he split it into two.
2: So that might be one movie, right?
1: Yeah, I think he considers that one
2: movie. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Uh, So I say we first. Let's just quick thoughts on on Reservoir Dogs.
1: Uh, um, quick thoughts on Reservoir Dogs. I think this is probably the greatest, one of the greatest directorial debuts we've seen in like. 30 years.
2: Yeah. Maybe ever.
1: Um, maybe ever. Um, it's it, if you look at it now, it would be, it's a great play as it happens in kind of one room. Yes. Um, I don't think it's his best movie. I think it's, I mean, that's the thing about this whole thing. There's no bad movies here.
2: No, there isn't.
1: You know, so it's just, you know, I want to go on the record in case someone like Nicole comes at me and says, you don't like this movie. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, in the if you look at the rest of his movies that are more polished and are more well-written, there are better movies than Reservoir Dogs. But I, I really like that movie.
2: Yeah, like the characters, the story, the dialogue, which obviously he's really – the dialogue and the violence are is, like, the signature Quentin Tarantino stuff. And yep. Reservoir Dogs, if someone said it was their favorite, I would be like, yeah, no problem. Like I cool, can't can't yeah. argue. There's only a couple on here that you would say that's insane. That of, of all of his movies that that's your favorite. Doesn't that mean it's favorite, bad, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. dumb. So Reservoir Dogs was an unbelievable way to get started and then and it, like a great cast right out of the gate too, which is kind of right. amazing when you figure Quentin Tarantino 1992, like what like what did people really know about him and he's able to get them all like big time movie stars and just a, a sick movie. So that was amazing.
1: Yeah, and and the story is obviously too. For those of you who don't know it, he actually sold the script to True Romance so he could fund Reservoir Dogs. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, correct,
2: right, yeah, which is which so, is which is also. I'll tell you right right now, True Romance. Out of all of these, maybe it's a little crazy to say. Might be my nope, favorite.
1: Say it. It's my favorite. I will say that definitively. Is it your favorite it's too? Parents, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh,
2: did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> True romance. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's an unbelievable. Like, so, do you want to? When we rank these, should we include the ones he wrote? Those three?
1: No, 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 no. Okay, let's, let's leave those. Those out. are we'll sub. Those director. are on
2: the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. but amazing that you know, I'm sure that was a passion project of his. But he took that one and sold it away. He's like, I'm not going to direct it. And Tony Scott did, and yeah. it was great. And
1: Tony Scott's awesome. Well, was awesome. Was awesome. R- God, R.I.P. God rest.
2: So Reservoir Dogs amazing. Then 2 years later pulp fiction, which I think most people would acknowledge is the best. Yes. W- and their favorite. That's what that's yep. what most people would say. Hard to argue with that. Like cr- great story and and just cha- like jump in time and things like that and, and like a movie that as soon as you finished watching it you're like I got to I got to watch that again. Yep. Like it's I, something
1: I missed. Like you knew there was something you missed.
2: Yeah. And okay. again the the characters, the acting, the dialogue, all that was good. What do you what do you think of Jackie Brown?
1: Uh, Jackie Brown um, is a good movie. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's on, I'll watch it because it's a Tarantino movie, and um, I think this is his one of his homages to the black exploitation movies. Absolutely. Um, and, and which which is great. I mean, I think it's those movies need their 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 due, and he absolutely gives it to him. But as a movie, like it's not as entertaining as the rest of his movies. No, and it's like not. you said, this is the this was based on a book. Uh, I think it was called like Rum Punch or something like yes, that. Yes, it and was. He and he um, adapted it to be more Tarantino-ish, but it's not him. You know what I mean? It's not A- the writing. It's, yeah, it's not the dialogue that you would expect. So, um, once spoiler alert, this is the bottom of my list.
2: Jackie Brown is probably last or second to last on my yep. list. Um, so then we, we don't see Tarantino for another six years. And then if you want to talk about something that he wrote, it was close. It was nine years. Then he comes out back to back with kill bill, which was, I mean, even people like I've talked to people who don't really like violent movies or like bloody movies. And even they're like, no, but I like kill bill. (laughs) Like, like like he he does it in such a way where like, well, no, that was pretty sweet. But you're like, that's a ton of blood. And they're like, yeah, I know. But I just, I don't know the way he, the way he does it and then the character's just so badass like beatrix kiddo is yeah. uh, is as good as it gets
1: the bride yeah and i think as seen if you put this movie as one if you were to see this movie as one this would be up at the top of the list split up i i actually split the movies a
2: little bit well it's but, funny and i know we we disagree on this you yep. like the second one better i like the first one better
1: that is true.
2: I just think there's and, too much there's too much Bill dialogue. Like Bill kind of kind of drags it down for me in two.
1: See, I li- I really like that. Okay, especially the bit where he's talking about why people like Superman.
2: Well, that is a that, cool, that is a cool part. Yeah, that
1: is such a cool. If I were if someone ever said, "All right, you have to read a monologue to like try out for like a community play or something like that," that's what you would read. Like you, I would I would do that monologue.
2: I would read like a, uh Samuel L. Jackson in Snakes on a Plane.
1: <laughs> you just get up there and yell <laughs> motherfucker a lot. All these it, motherfucking
2: snakes down. on this motherfucking plane. They'd yep. be like, "Okay, you're not you're not getting <laughs> <right."> <laughs> You get out of here. We're all we're all set." Mm-hmm. But yeah, no there's there's obviously good stuff there. The the uh the fight scenes are off the charts like with her going up against all the different members uh all the different snakes 88s or
1: whatever they're called.
2: Oh, that scene that's yep. one of the best scenes out of all of his movies, I would say. Yep. Going after Lucy Liu there, uh, so then 2007, uh, he joins up with Robert Rodriguez, and I saw this. I remember seeing it in the theater, and they played both of them back to back. They called it Grindhouse, but it was Planet Terror from Robert Rodriguez. Then Death Proof. Death Proof was worse. Like I liked Planet Terror a lot more. Death Proof, not bad. I think people shit on it, kind of like, oh, that one was terrible. But I don't. I don't think it was terrible. But this, this might have been one where he gets criticized for being, like, almost a little too, too much dialogue. Like, there's just, like, nonstop, yeah. like, kind of unnecessary chatter going on.
1: Yeah, the one with the girls. Uh, and yeah. I think Death Proof itself is, like, two movies. Because you have, like, the introduction with Kurt Russell and, like, Rose McGowan. Yeah. And he's explaining the car to her. yeah. And then they, they get in that big car crash, whatever. And then it's a separate movie with you have Zoe Bell and Rosario Dawson and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. And I forget the other girl. Um.
2: Uh. Wasn't it? Oh yeah. There's. Yeah. There's another girl. But yeah. yeah pretty but they're, much. That. They're
1: sitting around the table and talking about Vanishing Point, which is a cool movie, and they yeah. want to check out this car. That was a little bit muddy. Like that got a little whatever. But it's just, I think the gr- the grindhouse movies were supposed to be just kind of like a balls to the wall kind of movie. Right. And that slowed it down a little bit. Right. That being said, the stunts in that movie were unbelievable.
2: Yeah, there was some cool stuff. There really yeah. was. Yeah, I liked it,
1: and and girl power and all that stuff.
2: All that, yeah, that was great. So now he goes from yeah. Kill Bill, to, you know, to Death Proof. So he's got the, he's got the strong female characters, which was great. Uh, then you have Inglorious Bastards, which is interesting because he takes historic character or some historic characters and weaves them into his his Tarantino verse. Like obviously, yeah. like they spoiler alert on Inglorious Bastards, they kill Hitler. So yep. like they um, like a war movie, and he had talked about making one for a long time. Uh, Brad Pitt's great in it. Christoph Waltz wins a Academy Award for it. He's one of the great villains of all the Tarantino movies. But this was this was also a uh, a, a romp. I really I enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. this is one of my not my favorite, but one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah.
2: I the next one, Django Unchained. I did not love.
1: Nope, didn't love it. And I will tell you this right now. Speaking of Christoph Waltz, if he's not in Django, it's not a good movie.
2: Yeah, you. I mean, I don't even know how great it is. Anyway, like, we just said that all his right. movies are great, but this one's right there towards the bottom.
1: Like, I think, yeah, um, Jamie Foxx is a little too. Uh, I mean, I don't really. I'm not a huge Jamie Foxx fan. Yeah. Uh
2: oh, you're gonna get letters.
1: No, I like. I like. You know <laughs> I'm kidding, him is. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to use strong language, but it's the character's name. Him is motherfucker Jones. Yeah. In horrible bosses, hilarious, hysterical. And I think Jamie Bo- Jamie Fox has done some good work. Um, I don't think this was it. Yeah. And. I would say DiCaprio was great. Yep, he was good. Um, and Christoph Waltz stole the show in the movie. So if those two people aren't in your, if you don't have those two guys, it's not. The movie itself is wasn't really about Django for me, you know. And,
2: and this one, I remember Spike Lee was like all over Quentin Tarantino for this one, and like he wasn't going to see it, and yeah. you know, just about taking slavery and and kind of, I don't know if you, like cartoonish, like cartoonizing it a little bit, a little bit. He kind of did. this is, it's but this also, is it's, what he
1: does. I mean, it's a movie. Put, yeah. yeah, but he, you know, how many of these movies are you looking right now where there's just liberal use of the N-word?
2: Oh, in, well, so that's the next. The so, whole movie. So the last movie is The Hateful Eight, which came yeah. out Christmas Day 2015. And that was what I was going to ask you about was, does did, did it ever get to a point, you and I, a couple, couple of white guys, yeah. did, where you're like, holy crap, like I, I, that's, a, that's a lot of N-word in this movie.
1: Yeah, it, it, it gets to that point um, with me where I'm just like... You know, I, I get it, yeah, but um, I thought this was like a kind of a more badass version of Clue. You
2: yeah, you, you said that before I, I saw it, and it definitely had, it definitely had some of that to it. Yeah, and, it, and
1: I, I really did enjoy this movie. Um, would you
2: say it was a slow burn?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say the first half hour of this movie is a little slow.
2: I feel like it took him a minute to get to the cabin. Yeah. Or Depending. whatever it was. Well, they had
1: to they had to pick up the other guy. Where was they pick up Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> yeah. Then there's the whole thing with the letter, and then yeah. they pick up the other guy who says he's going to be the new sheriff of wherever. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, Jesus I liked Christ it though.
2: Himself. I I I thought it was good,
1: and I thought Jennifer Jason Lee was awesome.
2: She she was really she was really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. So off the top of my head, um, this is probably what my rankings would be. Again, subject to change. Okay. But I would go Pulp Fiction one. Reservoir Dogs 2, Kill Bill Volume 1 3, Inglorious Bastards 4, Kill Bill Volume f- 2 5, then Hateful Eight, then uh, Death Proof, then Django, then Jackie Brown.
1: Okay. We have we have some discrepancies here. Okay. You okay. So we're we're going to we're going to argue back and forth. All right. So you want me to go 1 to 9 or 9 to 1?
2: Uh it's, I'll do
1: it like you did. I'll do one tonight. Yeah, that's
2: easier for me to wrap my head around. Yeah,
1: I have one Pulp Fiction. Boom. Two Kill Bill One. No, sorry, Kill Bill Two. Okay, I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Four Kill Bill One. Yep. Five Hateful Eight. Ooh. Six Death Proof. Wait a minute. Nope, nope, that's wrong. Reservoir Six, Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Seven Death Proof. Yeah. Eight Django. Nine, Jackie Brown.
2: Yeah, our lists really aren't that uh, dissimilar. Like I think we can almost it's like when we we've gone through and we've ranked some of our favorite Marvel movies. They're more like tiers. Or like when we did the X Men movies. It's like right. all right here's one group, here's like a top five, like a middle two, and a bottom three.
0: Okay, so here's what
1: I want you to do though. See, yeah. I had I had Reservoir Dogs at six. Yeah. You had it at two. Yeah. Why do you have it at two?
2: I think there's so many memorable scenes in Reservoir Dogs. Like I, I think uh, like so much of the Tim Roth stuff, like whether it's the flashback scenes with him, like getting into character, or whether it's him, uh, you know, lying there dead and, and scre- or like you know, bleeding out. You have the scene with Michael Madsen stuck in the middle with you with the, with the ear slice, which he- is
1: the, the most iconic scene in the movie.
2: Yeah, uh, Steve. And- you know, it is. It absolutely is. People are yeah. still talking about it. We're, we're talking about it right now. I think Steve Buscemi's Mr. Pink is, like, one of my favorite characters for, like in any movie. For whatever reason, I just – I like Buscemi anyway, but then the character that he plays is good.
1: Just like a dink? Like a fake tough guy kind of dink?
2: Just like a, like a dink. And, you know, that scene – I know it's been sort of, like, played out a little bit, but it's true. Like, the scene where they're all – sitting there around the the table, and then Steve Buscemi gets into the line about, like, why he doesn't tip and all these different things. and just, like, a conversation with all these different characters. Um, and then he does the, like, he does in Pulp Fiction where he's jumping time a little bit, so you're getting this big bank heist, and you, you get some information here, and then they, it continues throughout. So I just, I thought it was cool, and, and I, I do give it extra points for it being, like, the first one. Like, this is sort yeah. of how he, how he started out, and I, I was just kind of blown away by it.
1: So here's how I viewed this: is like if all of these movies are on TV at one time, because like I said, there's no bad movie in these nine. Right. These are all good movies, um, both critically and, and from an entertainment standpoint. They're yeah. all great. Oh yeah. If they're all on, you know, subsequent channels, which one am I going to watch? That's how I came into this.
2: Yeah. No, that's a, that's and, a good way of doing it.
1: And to be honest with you, I feel like the movies I put in the top three or four in my top tier are much more polished and are much more entertaining and the, the dialogue is better than that of reservoir dogs. So that's why I had it a little bit lower. Uh, that, I, that is not to say, like I said, this I said this is one of the greatest directorial debuts right, ever. Right. You know, so that that puts it in kind of that perspective, but in terms of my personal favorite, yep. It's somewhere in the middle.
2: No, but I I think honestly like the like I was saying before like the only answer like if somebody was like oh Django's my favorite I'm like that's idiotic or they're like or Jackie Brown or Death like Proof Brown, or Death Proof, or Death Proof. like yeah. those three are the only ones that you can't say are your favorite and they should be in some order ranked 7 8 9. Yes. Other than that like honestly like you can you could jumble them up any any which way but loose like whatever whatever you're you're into if you want a little bit more of a of a blood thing actually they're all pretty violent they're all <laughs> but, pretty violent but was, like they they got something for everybody and and like the main character like Mr. Blonde and and Mr. Pink and Mr Is it orange like those like those main guys in, in Reservoir Dogs I think are are as good as any yeah um now without getting too specific if you had to throw true romance natural born killers and from dust till dawn in there True Romance, we both said would already be in that top tier. Are, top our favorite.
1: Tier. Yep. Um, it would be like one A, one B. It would be like Pulp Fiction and True Romance would be like one A,
2: one. Yep. Natural um, Born Killers, honestly,
1: uh, not a fan. I was not a fan of that movie.
2: Me neither. I'd put that towards the bottom. And then from Dusk Till Dawn, I actually really, really liked. I'd probably put that somewhere in the middle.
1: Let me tell you that. Let me tell you like this. I loved that movie when I first saw it. I thought it was so cool. Like I thought the Cheech Marin character was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And here's a funny story, Richard, and I, hmm. this is an honest to God, swearing my kids' true story. Okay. I have made contact with Selma Hayek's boobs. Come on. Swear to God.
2: That's assault, brother.
1: No, 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 no. Listen. Oh. So I was on a flight. I was coming back from Italy. I got uh, I got to JFK, <laughs> and I had to get through it. So I told the guy, like, I have a connecting flight in yeah. like an hour, and it's three. JFK's huge. It's, oh. it's three oh, yeah. terminals away. I got to sure. take the train. So I gotta get through customs. I told the guy, "Look, I got a connecting flight. I really gotta get through. What can you do for me?" And he's like, "All right, here, go, come with me." So I go in this line. Now I have to take off all my shoe, my shoes, yeah, and like take everything off and all yeah. stuff. So I'm bending down, and like this guy's gonna <laughs> get me through, like personally. Yeah. So, like I'm the only one in this line. I'm the only one, and I go down, and, like bend my shoes, like get my shoes, and I feel like a brush, and I hear someone say, "Oh, excuse me," and I feel like boobs, like brush against the back of my arm. Ooh. And in my initial reaction is like, "What the?" F- like you just told me you're gonna get me through first, and now you're right. letting people go ahead of me.
2: Yeah. Well, you got a kind of a boob touch, though.
1: Yeah, but it was Selma Hayek. Come on! Swear to God. Wow. Yep. She's about five one. She's a peanut.
2: I would have needed a real cold shower after that. Oh. Just a little little brush from Selma Hayek.
1: A little brush. Yep. Wow. So, so
2: she was great in that movie, be, by the way.
1: Oh. I mean, she <laughs> might have had the best like five minutes. Yeah. If that, she wasn't even in the movie for like five. It was like what. Oh, trust three me. Minutes.
2: On my end, it would not have been three minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the the dance scene when she comes out with the snake, and then
2: I don't like snakes. But even that, I, I could I could look. I, yeah, I, I, I could yeah. look at that. Yeah. That she, so I think you're right. Like that is. I know where you're going with that. Like that one. It, it came out 21 years ago. So you watch it, it again. Hold up. Yeah. No, nah, it doesn't. But George Clooney playing one of the Gecko brothers. His like tattoo scheme is one of the most badass uh, like in movie history. Yeah. And they. He's he's shot as one of the most badass characters like in any Tarantino movie,
1: and that was like the height of George Clooney too. Like George yeah. Clooney was George Clooney.
2: That was E. R. Clooney, right? Or yeah, just with after the C-
1: with the Caesar haircut that everyone tried to do. Yeah, he's, yeah. oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's amazing. So here's the here's the great thing about it. So the Quentin Tarantino movies all take place in the same universe, and he had an interview like a year or two ago where. He actually says there's two different universes. Because I know what you might be thinking. You're like, all right, so from Dust Till Dawn with vampires takes place in the same universe as Pulp Fiction. Yes and no. Yes, it, yes and no. Yes and no. So this is a quote from Tarantino I, I wrote down. He says, um, so from Dust Till Dawn, Kill Bill, they all take place in this special movie universe. So when all the characters of Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, when they go to the movies, Kill Bill is what they would go to see. Or from Dust Till Dawn. Is what they would go to see. Yep. So it's like he calls it, or I don't know if he calls it, but but people have called it the realer than real universe, which is... Like
1: real, like R-E-E-L.
2: No, actually, it doesn't say that. It should. That'd be better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that is like Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, like Inglorious Bastards, even, even uh, Django and Hateful Eight. And we're going to get to a whole bunch of these connections. And then sort of the movie universe from Dust Till Dawn actually had a couple of sequels, which I don't even think I saw.
1: No, but, you did because you wouldn't.
2: But those and the Kill Bills are in their own sort of universe. And then, like we said before, Jackie Brown's not in any of it. No, so because it's,
1: an, it's an adaptation of a book, so it so doesn't really count.
2: IFC, uh, their website, they had some good stuff. Other um, couple of websites that I was I was looking around for stuff because a handful. Some of it is kind of obvious. Like if you watch these movies a few times, they're obvious. Others, uh, you really have to look for it. So here are, a few, here are a few of the obvious ones. Like Vincent Vega, played by John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. He is the brother of Vic Vega, who is Mr. Blonde, played by Michael Madsen in Reservoir Dogs.
1: Yes, and that, that's one of the ones I think people started to get clued into this, and that was like the first major connection.
2: Absolutely. They're like, wait a minute. And there was a rumor for a while that Quentin Tarantino was going to do a Vega Brothers movie.
1: Which I don't think, uh, given John Travolta's current state, I don't think anyone would be very interested.
2: In no, I think you said both characters or both actors are older now, and like they, that they missed that window. But like yep. that's pretty badass because then cause like you look at the jobs that both of them or I put jobs in quotes like that that both yep. of them have like it makes sense that they're brothers. They have like a similar look as well. Mm-hmm. How about this? This is going to connect one that that he didn't direct but that he wrote, uh, Mister Blonde uh, again, Michael Madsen. His parole officer is Seymour Scagnetti. Like you hear him talking about Scagnetti a bunch. Yep. Yep. And Scagnetti is the brother of Detective Jack Scagnetti, who was played by Tom Sizemore in Natural Born Killers.
1: Which, there you go. You have an <laughs> Oliver Stone movie and a Quentin Tarantino movie crossing over. Right.
2: So he's chasing down, uh, was it the Knoxes? Was it, no, no, no. Who were, I forget. Juliet Lewis and Woody Harrelson, whatever. Yeah, it I think yeah. it might be the Knoxes. Yeah, uh, this this is another one that after watching it a couple of times, it jumps out to you. But Mister White, played by Harvey Keitel in Reservoir Dogs, yeah. is at one point asked about Alabama. Yes, which is the again call, the call
1: girl who fell for uh, yeah some Elvis guy or something. Right. He makes like some Elvis. Yeah,
2: Patricia Arquette in True Romance, who's one of my favorite female characters in any movie. Yeah, and I think like that you could uh, see, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I think we all you know, Christian Slater's character in that movie too. We all have a soft spot for because he's a great right. comic book nerd who just right. kind of gets wrapped up in this whole thing. And you know, I, what a, it's just such a cool movie.
2: It really is like it, like that. Like it's a, it's crazy, but it's yeah. It's really good, and all the different weird characters, like Gary Oldman, and like,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but the, the, oh, Gary Oldman was unbelievable. Like he was great. Didn't he play Dracula like that same year?
2: Yeah, I think. It, uh, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula, I think he was, was in Bram
1: Stoker's Dracula and True Romance, and like back to back. Yeah. So like the difference in those characters is like absolutely weird. All of them. What about the scene with uh, Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken, which was like completely ad libbed?
2: That was one of the the great. Scenes ever. I mean, we've been saying that about a lot of it, but that was just the the back and forth between those two. Yeah, was awesome. That would, that's heard, probably like, the best Harvey scene for the movie. Harvey Keitel
1: just went off script, and he was actually making Christopher Walken laugh, and that's the take they used.
2: Oh, that is funny. Yeah, because he did laugh, and you're know, like, you didn't know if that was that would fit. Yeah.
1: Like it was like a re- yeah, it's the real laugh. How about Tony talking about him being an eggplant?
2: <laughs> then you got Tony uh, Sp- Soprano in that. Yep, he's a he's a bad dude. And Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt very, was
1: one of the very early roles of for Brad Pitt.
2: He was nuts in that. Here yep. you go. This here's a good tie in. So also in True Romance, you had uh Lee Donowitz. He was the producer that they went to. Remember yep. they, they they took the drugs or whatever. So yep. Lee Donowitz, his father is Sergeant Donnie Donowitz. Mm-hmm. The bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome one.
2: That is like really this. good. Yeah. Um you also have this one. So this one's interesting. So Mia Wallace, uh, again, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, she describes the pilot when she's sitting there in the restaurant. She's talking to John Travolta, and she's telling him about her Fox Force 5 uh, pilot that she shot. Mm -hmm. And all of the characters are almost exactly like Kill Bill.
1: Which is, I got to believe, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, if you hear him talk about himself, about being a high school dropout, Yeah, about him, his first sexual experience being at, like, 12 with a hooker because he lived in Las Vegas and, you know, just – I got to – is he that smart?
2: No, I – honestly, I – well, I don't know because I know he was was working on Kill Bill for, like, a really long time. So I don't know if he had some of the ideas and he decided to use them in Pulp Fiction or if he happened to write about them in Pulp Fiction and then was like, wait a minute, there's actually something – like, that was sort of a – not a throwaway line, but that was – not a huge part of the uh, the plot, but yeah. we, there's something to revisit there because I think he also worked on it with Uma Thurman. Who, by the way, are they, are they together still? They might be together. They get together, you know.
1: They did. They, they they get together, you know.
2: Well, Uma Thurman had a couple of different husbands. I think she was actually married to Gary Oldman, Small World, and Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke for a long time. Yeah, Ethan Hawke for a long time, and I think Quentin Tarantino. But anyway, so she describes all those characters. But what's interesting to me is, is so if you want to look at this as a uh, like a real world universe and then a movie universe, you could say that the pilot failed, but then in that world, they still they ended up making a movie later on, which became that,
1: which became that, and it was called Fox Force Five or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, which uh, yeah, and you know, yeah. I mean that that was kind of cool. It might have been coincidental.
2: Yeah, but no. I
1: think it, like if he's working on Kill Bill while he's directing Pulp Fiction, I mean, it would make sense that you know Fox Force Five becomes you know the the, the whole they, they went from foxes to like snakes. And yeah, everyone has a snake name. You know.
2: So this next one also it sort of uh, overlaps between the two universes within the Tarantino verse. Uh, in Kill Bill, when Bud buries Beatrix in the the grave of Paula Schultz. Yep. Remember, like, the lonely grave of Paula Schultz, they call it whatever? Yeah. Apparently, Paula Schultz is the wife of Dr. King Schultz, who was prayed by, by Christoph Waltz and Django Unchained.
1: Which, does that geographically and... Uh, does that line up?
2: I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But they're the same last name, so I think people want to tie them together.
1: By the way, another reason I like Kill Bill 2 versus Kill Bill 1, I have never been so unsettled by a scene that I've had to walk out of a room, then... <laughs> I almost did it when they. Speaking of that, when they buried her in that grave, and it was dark, and you could just hear the sand, like the dirt getting poured on her.
2: Oh, that was that was. I was
1: like freaking out.
2: That was that was bad.
1: Yeah, like I was just getting like claustrophobic, just watching that in the theater. I am like, I can't. I gotta get up. Like I can't do this.
2: Yeah, that was real, real bad.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, what a oh Anyway,
2: yeah, no, that was that was a great scene. Um, So these are a couple of callbacks. So there is Earl and Ed McCraw. Uh, Earl is played by Michael Parks, and then his actual real-life son, James Parks, plays Ed, and they play Texas Rangers in Death Proof, Planet Terror, Kill Bill, From Dust Till Dawn, and actually, I believe Ed is in uh, Machete or mach- Machete, Machete, which is interesting. But so those guys are all in like the the movie universe, but they they yeah. overlap, so they they connect the movie universes, which is great.
1: And what doesn't he doesn't he also play Esteban Viejo? I think so. And in, in uh, Kill Bill,
2: oh you know, yeah 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 that that guy? yeah, I think so. Uh,
1: where, where's Bill? <laughs> that guy, Bill. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, this one. How about this? Here's a nice little connection. Uh, Archie Hick Hickox is Michael Fassbender's character in Inglorious Bastards. Remember, he was like one of the like uh British yep. military guys. Mm-hmm. He I again I, I read this is the great great grandson of Pete Hickox, who is Tim Roth from The Hateful Eight. You like that? They get the same last name. You like that? Hateful Eight, which takes place in like the 1880s or something. 18 something. Then Inglorious yeah. Bastards takes place during World War II. So, all right, follow along for this one if you can. I'm there, trying to keep all this straight. Yeah, there is Gerald Nash, Marvin Nash, and another Gerald Nash. So there's a Gerald Nash who is in um, Django Unchained. I guess he's in one of the gangs, right? Um, and then Marvin Nash is the tortured cop and reservoir dogs that they cut his ear yep. off. And then Gerald Nash is a policeman killed by the Knox couple. Yeah, it is the Knox couple in uh, Natural Born Killers. And his death is mentioned on a TV show. And apparently Gerald Nash the the oldest is the great grandfather of the younger Gerald and Marvin who are cousins.
1: <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. So basically take forget forget Django Unchained. I the the guy there's their cousin cops. One is killed in Reservoir Dogs and one is killed in Natural Born Killers.
1: Which is like, I got to wonder, like, this all adds up. Like, it's great. Like, it all adds up. And yeah. It's kind of cool to think about. But at the same time, like, does that really exist or is just Tarantino just lazy with names?
2: <laughs> no, I think he's doing it on purpose. He absolutely is. Like, the Vega thing? Like, that's... De- like that's. De- well,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, Jesus...
2: No, I buy that one. Plus the, the it all makes sense like time time-wise. All right, so here's another one time-wise. There's Crazy Craig Coons and Captain Coons. So Crazy Craig Coons is a uh another member of the gang Bacall in Django Untra- uh, Unchained. And Captain Coons, we know is the character in pulp fiction Christopher right. Walken with the with the watch,
1: with the watch, yeah. And so
2: Crazy Craig Coons is the great grandfather of Captain Coons. And there's even a reference. There's like it, and like because that's like it's one thing if you're like oh well the, how do you know like the Nashes are related? But like hey, now I
1: have to go now Coons I have to go back. Now I have to go back. No, the the watch came from like Vietnam, right?
2: <sighs> yeah, no, I think so. So I don't think that guy had a watch. Yeah,
1: Korea or Korea or something. Actually, you
2: like know that, what? Yeah. He might have. But yeah, Django Unchained has more uh, tie-ins than you might think.
1: But I want to see. I want to see if that if that guy ever like looks at a watch.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he probably does. You know what I mean? He probably does. Here's a couple other ones: uh, Larry Dimmock um, and Jimmy Dimmock. So Larry Dimmock is known as Mr. White um, from Reservoir Dogs. Yep. And then Jimmy Dimmock is in Pulp Fiction, the character played by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And so uh, I guess Larry is Jimmy's uncle. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I found online. <coughs> Jesus. So, <laughs> so we'll take that. Um, and then the other tie-ins that I, I found are, of course, the Hatori Hanzo swords from Kill Bill. It's also the same sword, well, same kind of sword that Bruce Willis uses in Pulp Fiction.
1: He that's a Hanzo sword. That's a notorious. Like the same exact sword. I don't.
2: Well, I think it's actually the same sword that they used like to film with later on. <laughs> that's funny. But so it's a Hatori Hanzo.
1: So it made its way from Japan to. The game, like a pawn shop with like S and M well I don't know. I mean that two. one's
2: that one's tougher because Kill Bill's not really technically in the same universe. So maybe it would be okay, just, yeah, just like one yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. The other one, Jack Rabbit Slims is like the fifties restaurant that they're in in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And it's also mentioned on the radio during uh when Mr. Blonde is getting is, is dying in Reservoir Dogs.
1: That's crazy. Like that
2: So they mentioned when, Jack he's, riding the, when he's
1: riding in the car? They talk yeah. about Jack Rabbit Slims. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know like half of these.
2: Uh, G O Juice. There's a billboard in Kill Bill for it, and then yep. Rosario Dawson's drinking it in Death Proof. <laughs> and then the two biggest ones, like the most obvious ones that they reference like a ton, uh, is Big Kahuna Burger.
1: Big Kahuna Burger. Yep,
2: that, that's in Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Death that. Proof, from Dust Till Dawn. It's in like all of them. I think even that movie Four Rooms that he did, like, like in the mid '90s. Yeah. Um, and then Red Apple Cigarettes. Red Apple cigarettes are in Pulp Fiction, From Dust Till Dawn, Four Rooms, Kill Bill, Planet Terror, Inglourious Bastards, and Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Shut up. I don't know how they, yeah, they are. I don't know how they got in there. There's how like, the hell did they get in there? There's like a billboard behind them. It might, maybe it was like a Miramax film is my guess. Oh, but, and it
1: was like already up or something like that and they just or, left it?
2: Or it was just like a little nod. Maybe it was like a Harvey Weinstein thing. I have no idea. Yeah. But it was it was in there. So those are those are all the ones that some I knew and some again I looked up uh, online. IFC and shoot, there's another website I saw. Um, pretty good stuff though.
1: I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, someone whose career spanned you know was it 25 years or something like that. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty electric. You know, I, to tie that whole thing in.
2: Oh, it's and, awesome. I love a shared and, uh, universe. Love it.
1: And a, oh yeah, why, who, but the thing is, is like you know, he's such a divisive guy that maybe he doesn't get enough credit for this kind of thing, and maybe he thinks he should get the credit, and that's why he doesn't get it. You know, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, it's weird, and like the the Academy, there was a time where they sort of viewed him like, eh, you know, like I don't think he like he still gets nominated for stuff. Like he still like he. he they won. Didn't he win for screenplay for Pulp Fiction? But Pulp Fiction obviously lost to Forrest Gump for movie, which is insane. Right. Right. But, and,
1: well, yeah, which it's kind of a tough movie to go against. Like, Tom Tom Hanks was hot. He was back then. He was white hot.
2: No, that's true. But like Inglorious Bastards, I think he got nominated for, and so like he's he's still he's still in the mix. He's not as black. Like Robert Rodriguez, I think, is almost blackballed because yeah, right. or like he's. He's not yep. in the Director's Guild, I think, because... No, because cause the whole thing with 300 and Sin City. Yeah, with Frank Miller, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the whole thing... I mean, what was the whole thing? Like, you actually have to use union guys, and you actually have to do, like, certain things a certain way, and no, you can't shoot yeah. like, movies, like, all in green screen. Like, he did that twice.
2: Oh, there was that, and then... Um, what? Was, it was something like he gave frank miller like directing credits like co-directing credits or something in sin city and that pissed off a lot of people so who knows
1: yeah who knows but like there was a lot of i remember there was a lot of stuff with with those two zach snyder was 300 what the hell am i talking about but um there was something with sin city where like he it was shot all with green screen like there was no yeah and he's in like a warehouse somewhere. So there was something to do with that. And like you said, the Frank Miller co directing thing would like piss some people
2: off. Yeah, that was and like he, it was it was yeah. like all that. And he
1: didn't use like uh, whatever. I, I forget. I forget the whole thing. We'll get into that later. But
2: you got any more um, uh thoughts on the Tarantino movies before the we only uh, thought I would say we yeah. didn't we
1: didn't really touch upon this yet, but like Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump for Best Picture that year. Yes. I think if you are talking about Quentin Tarantino movies and you don't have Pulp Fiction 1 or 2, you're not doing this correctly. Yeah. I think 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when you're talking about all of the movies that Quentin Tarantino directed, that is a landmark film. That yes. is something that yep. people will watch and study for years.
2: I you agree. Know what I mean? Yep, I absolutely.
1: Forrest Gump is always going to be a good movie. Yeah, sure. But 40 years from now, when you talk about some of the best movies ever made. You're gonna say that Pulp Fiction's a better movie than Forrest Gump. People oh, yeah. are saying that now.
2: Yeah, like another one like if somebody if you met somebody who's never seen any movies ever, I don't know how yeah. that happened, but it happened. they they've never seen a movie and they had time to watch, say, ten Pulp Fictions on the list.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's one of the best movies Forrest ever made. Forrest Gump is not. <laughs> Forrest Gump is a great movie. But it's not it uh, one of yeah. the best movies ever made. No. No, I would put this on par with with any of the movies you consider to be one of the best movies ever made. I know that sounds like hyperbole, and people are going, like, "What about me? like?" No, but you are right. No, absolutely, breath? it's in the same breath as like. I would rather watch Pulp Fiction than watch The Godfather. I absolutely me too. Would
2: me too. Good fellas, You have much more of a debate, but I could yeah. I could hear arguments on both sides there. Um, and
1: it's, it's it has to do with the dialogue, yeah. how it's shot, the order it was shot, and like the, all those things that go into it yeah Uh, the characters well i think this is like an all-timer i agree so you have to have when you're when we sit in this in on this podcast and talk about the greatest movies we've ever seen i think in a top 10 list i think pulp fiction's on that list
2: it's in our hashtag dork hall of fame
1: it is in our hashtag dork hall of fame yeah which we when are we coming up with the year we have to we're getting into that soon we have to start thinking about nominees
2: yeah we gotta when was uh when did we record that episode i don't know it's in the old ones yeah well that's true some of them are lost Maybe yeah. we'll bring them back. I don't. I don't know. Um, anything else you want to get to here before we move on?
1: Uh, if you haven't seen any of these movies, please see them because you're doing yourself yeah. a great disservice by not watching these movies. Absolutely, even Jackie Brown, which is like, Neh.
2: and again, even though they're tied together, like you certainly don't need to see them in any order. Like they're they're very loosely, as we said, tied together. Like it's cool for fans to see that they're tied together, but with the exception of Kill Bill and Kill Bill Volume Two, there's no like sequel. No. You know, like, not at all. Like, again, yep. see him in any, way, any way you want. And again, Davey and I both highly, highly recommend True Romance. And I
1: was to say, and watch the director's cut of True Romance. Which I
2: feel like is a uh, a forgotten kind of great movie. Like, when people mention great movies, or it's also a movie that surprisingly people are like, oh, I haven't, I've actually never seen that. Like, so that's yeah. one that you should go back and see.
1: And that's one that, like, if people say, like, oh, give me a good movie that I probably haven't seen. Yep. I say Start no with one. that.
0: Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of
2: the bomb. Uh, Pick of the podcast time. Oh, Ryan, do you have time after pick of the podcast to uh, see if Black Panther can read some iTunes reviews?
1: Okay. Well, yeah. We'll I'll, that, I'll pull those up right now as you do your pick of the podcast. just. Yeah, just just
2: a couple. We only need two or three to, to wet the whistle of everybody. To see okay. if Black Panther's available. Have them read some iTunes reviews. Which again, we appreciate. We are on iTunes. We have our own channel. Maybe you're listening to us there. Maybe you're listening to us somewhere else. But you can subscribe on iTunes. You can rate the podcast. Uh, five-star, you can't give us six, so you give us five is the, is the best you can do there. Leave a little review, and then we'll try to get Black Panther in. He'll read them on an upcoming episode of the podcast. My pick of the podcast is Dave Chappelle's first Netflix special. It was released this week. I saw it the night it came out, and it is fantastic. I don't know. I I It would be too much of a knee-jerk reaction to say it's his best stand-up because he's had some of the greatest of all time. So, I don't think it's maybe that good, but there's a lot of laugh out loud moments, and a little over an hour just really well done and for a guy that I don't think has been doing it at least at that kind of stage or at least you know being recorded like that hasn't done that in a long time and he was he didn't really miss a beat and he talks about a lot of different stuff he he references uh o j Simpson and all the different times he's met o j he's got some bill Cosby stuff in there. Uh, just some really good, it's funny, funny as hell. So Dave Chappelle on Netflix right now.
1: Awesome. Uh, my pick of the podcast, I tweeted this out earlier today. Uh, it just came out, that the first teaser for it. I knew this was coming for some time, uh, but Netflix is actually doing a live action um, adaptation of a anime slash manga called Death Note, Ooh. Uh, which is uh, not my great shame. In the, I wouldn't call it a great shame, but something I don't really tell people about is my... Uh, I, I really did. I, there are a lot of anime series that I actually really, really enjoy. There's a bunch of anime movies that we never really talk about on the show that I actually <laughs> actually really like. It's almost um, too
2: hashtag dork for us to get a, into, yeah, but we, that's we try fine. We to
1: keep it a little bit more mainstream. Um, but this is one of the ones in the past, you know, 10, I think it came out in 2006 or something like that, but it's a really cool story uh, about this high school kid who finds this book called A Death Note. Okay. Where he can... Write somebody's name down in the book, and they die. Jesus. Yeah, and he's like a top student who's like you know one of the smartest kids in his class, and he starts. He has a demon with him, like that. Who? Yeah, this demon, which is like one of the most like freaky looking demons you've ever seen, named Ryuk, who <laughs> tries to help him. He can only. He's the only one who can see him. Um, but the demon <laughs> loves. He loves to eat apples.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, well, and, apple a day, they say.
1: Yeah, and he just it's it's like crack to demons, like for whatever reason, like apples are like, and I think there's like some tie in with like forbidden fruits. I was going,
2: yeah, I was going to go there. You know, there's yeah. some
1: like uh, imagery thing there. But um, so basically, this kid like starts using. Yeah, no, honestly, they they even say like in the thing like they're uh, like a drug.
2: That's good.
1: So it, so he actually the demon is supposed to be like guiding him, but there are times where he can like coerce him by like giving him apples
2: <laughs> to like do what he wants him to do. Oh, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. So um. By the way. Uh, for whatever reason, the iTunes store isn't loading right now. Son of a bitch. So that's so. Um, so death note. So uh, eventually he starts using the the thing for good. He starts killing only criminals. Um, but then you know, the police start coming after him. And then he has to kind of like play jazz a little bit and start killing people off who might be getting a little too close to him. So it's, it's actually kind of a cool like murder mystery thing. And you you end up uh, you don't know who you're rooting for, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's good shit. So I'm really excited for that. So if you want, uh, I think I tweeted out the trailer for it, um, the teaser trailer for it today. So if you check out at R Von D on the Twitter. Do
2: you know when that comes out? Did you say August? Oh, okay, all right,
1: yeah. So we're still working on that, but all right. I'm trying to find reviews for Hashtag #Dork right now.
2: No, no let me let me send you some. Let okay, me,
1: we'll edit it. We'll edit it in
2: post. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll for sure edit it in post. Okay. Uh, hold on, efforting here. You don't want dead air, so you just got to keep talking a little bit. Just got
1: to keep talking. So uh, I'm I'm going to text you a of screenshot of some my other the movies that I've really liked. <laughs> I like Self Vampire Hunter d
2: Oh, that that actually you had me watch that. Was, I made you watch that. I remember that. That yeah. I, I remember that that name. Yep. That was pretty good. <laughs>
1: okay, so Honeydew.
0: Did you get Did you get the uh,
1: Honeydew on March 8th, 2017? Says
0: Dick Keefe and his band of retrobeats are a national treasure, much like. My vibranium in Wakanda.
1: <laughs> he didn't say like, my, my vibranium in Wakanda. It was just you know. Uh, no, I mean I think Black I can kind of.
0: Yeah, I, can, I think I can kind of figure out
2: which part he wrote or she wrote, and which part you're adding. I think <laughs> okay. I can kind of get. Is there a couple more on there? These again. This yeah, is Black Panther. Black go. Panther reading hashtag Dork iTunes here's, reviews. Here's
1: someone called J underscore Deer, who I have no idea who that is. <laughs> that
2: could, could literally be anybody.
0: Yeah, the best hashtag Dork podcast I have ever subscribed to. Keith and his crew are great. This podcast is must listen.
2: <laughs> well, that's, good. that's really kind. Thank you, J Deer. <laughs> Who's J Deer? It could literally be anybody. It's it's all strangers that are leaving reviews. It's it's quite a thing.
0: Besides the obvious well rounded knowledge of these two hosts regarding dork culture, my favorite part of this show is the chemistry that these two lifelong friends have. This is an obvious history and shorthand between the dot dot dot. Perhaps Create Nickname got pulled away and could not finish the review.
2: Uh, no, I think maybe I just didn't have the, the expand the whole thing. But Chachala, that is very kind of you to uh, to join us and to, and to read those reviews. That's definitely what the people
0: wanted. Richard. Yes. Tell me why the Celtics are losing games still in the fourth quarter.
2: <laughs> you know, they, they, they've they actually, you know, they, they, they had a nice win the other night against Washington. So I think things are looking up for them. I think they're going to be okay.
0: Washington is not a very powerful team in the NBA.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're not bad. I mean, they're they're third place. Celtics are in second place. So, I are mean, the
0: Bruins? Are the Bruins going to make the playoffs?
2: You know, T'Challa, I'm getting really worried about it. I think that you know they've lost three in a row now, and they, they've had a history of collapses. So, I think I think they're weak. I think they're weak right now.
0: A panther will always beat a bear.
2: <laughs> but I don't understand what that has to do with anything. Did I ask you about the panther versus a bear?
0: I just want you to know that for your for your uh, your knowledge.
2: Is there anything a panther would lose to like in a, like a battle? Never. A panther would is just undefeated. What if it was like hey, a bunch of bears?
0: There only needs to be one panther.
2: What is what is the panther's biggest rival? Like what what do, what do, as a panther, what do you hate? <laughs>
1: I almost said something really
2: bad. <laughs> no, I think I think that's good. I think I think we'll leave it there. The, What's the, that? The, we'll leave it there. There's more. We'll leave it there. There's more yeah. to be had there. Uh, you never know when Black Panther's going to join us here on hashtag. That, Dork.
0: Is the, that is the true strength of the Panther.
2: <laughs> no, that's true. They sneak up on you, right? Is that, yes, that's part of it. All right, well, uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Dork Podcast. Keep up with hashtag Dork Madness all month long. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That's uh, helping us out there. Davey, if the people want to get a hold of just you, how do they do it?
1: At Arvon D. Come get uh, get me.
2: All right, and And If you
1: want me to tweet out more live live tweeting of Iron Fist, I'd be happy to do it.
2: (laughs) That'd be great. Speaking of that, Iron Fist, I think two weeks. Let's give everybody plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Two weeks uh, for the Iron Fist review. Next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to do a WrestleMania 33, I believe it is, a WrestleMania preview. Uh, Davey is going to sit that part out, but if, you sit, if out. you're if you in on This Week in Dork, we'd love to have you there.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll be in for that, for sure.
2: Okay, cool. So we'll still hear from Davey, but then we're going to get a couple of wrestling experts in here and talk Wrestlemania. So uh, that'll be the plan for the next couple of dorks. Thanks for listening to this one, and we will talk to you soon.